0: We all, feel better. Better. Uh, in the dark. we all feel better in the dark. We all feel better in the dark. We all feel better in the dark. In the dark. In the dark. And now our featured presentation. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Salam alaikum. That's right, we're back. This is Thomas DJ. And this is Derek Ferguson. And today we are going to the faraway islands of the Arabian Nights You've got to treat the store. for Oh the day. boy, this is actually something that was not on our schedule originally No it
1: was not And yes, w- despite how we sound, we are organized And we do have a schedule for uh, these things that we're doing But this one is one that
0: That only just popped up on the schedule very yeah, recently Yeah, kind of got
1: bumped to the head of the line, so to speak
0: Basically we're going to talk about A very, very great man. We're talking, of course, about the one, the only, the magnificent Mr. Ray Harryhausen. And we're going to start talking about the great, the magnificent, the wonderful Ray Harryhausen and his... But first,
1: let's talk about why he was great. Let's take a moment.
0: Okay, talk a little bit about Mr. Harryhausen, born in California... Mm -hmm. as a child was brought to Grauman's Chinese Theater to see a showing of a little film called King Kong and looked up on that screen and decided that's what I want to do with my life. His mother was a tailor. His father was a carpenter.
1: Humble people.
0: And they were the best parents a person who was going into a creative field possibly could have because they supported him a thousand percent And he decided he wanted to become an animator. Above and beyond
1: the call of what most parents do, especially when they're kids, they want to go into movies. Because back then, parents encouraged you to get a job and work. And for them to go ahead and just support him the way they did is a testament to their belief in their son's talent.
0: And it was a belief that paid off. Oh, yeah. Because Mr. Harryhausen went to school to study... Animation to study film. Met another fan of The Fantastic by the name of Ray Bradbury. Mm. And also got to meet his idol, Willis O'Brien, and assisted him on Mighty Joe Young. Mighty Joe
1: Young, one of my favorite
0: movies. And what ended up happening was he met probably the most important person in his life not long after that, a man by the name of Charles H. Schneer. Mm. His
1: lifelong partner.
0: His lifelong partner. Schneer was a. And not in that way. Get your mind out the gutter was a movie producer. (laughs) The two of them moved to England together and basically lived in houses next door to each other. And that's how their day would They would wake up, have breakfast, then one would go to the other one's house and they would talk about movies they wanted to make.
1: Mm, All All
0: these great movies that they were going to do and they were into adventure movies and and monster movies. The legacy that Ray Harryhausen has given us is what we're going to be celebrating in this and a couple more episodes. Partially because... There are now a series of DVD sets available of this man's work. Yeah, you were telling me, how many movies are there? Four, right? The DVD set we're going to be talking about today is the Sinbad Collection. The Sinbad Collection, So we're right. going to be talking about the Sinbad films. There were three of those. Okay. There's another one out called the Legendary Science Fiction Collection of Ray Harryhausen, which is composed of five films. We'll cover that in another episode.
1: I don't know why is it I always think that there were four Sinbad movies, but there was only three. There was well, three. you know what the thing oh, is? Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of that obscure Captain Sinbad yeah. movie. Yeah. Remember that Right, one? I
0: know which one you're talking yeah. about. The Russian one. The Russian one, right. There were yeah. three Sinbad movies. There was also the Jason the Argonauts film. Right. Which is kind of lumped in with them. There was also Clash of the Titans, which is his last film. And the thing that people might not realize is that he was the star of his film. Yeah. It's funny, when I looked at the trailers... That these DVDs come with And th- this DVD set comes with a load of extras Harry Harryhausen's name was the biggest name in yeah. all the trailers I mean because actually
1: The people that starred in the movie I don't think they got
0: the same person to play Sinbad twice In any right. of these
1: movies Because it didn't matter Because Kerwin Matt- be- Matthews
0: in 1958 oh, right. John Philip Law in 1972 And in 1977 Patrick Wayne
1: So it's not like James Bond in Indiana right. Jones Where the star of the movie is the character The actual star of the movie As you so accurately pointed is. out Is
0: Ray Harryhausen. you come to see his creatures. For this episode, we are going to focus on the three Sinbad films, which are probably his most well-known pictures. Ray Harryhausen is a name that not very many people are familiar with because there's no 430 movie showing the Sinbad movies. Or Jason and the Argonauts. Or Jason and the Argonauts. Most people probably think that that kind of style of special effects is hokey because now we have CGI. For those of you who don't know, Ray Harryhausen was a master of stop-motion animation, where he would design three-dimensional models with complex armatures. He had no assistance. No. It he did was it all. just him.
1: He did it all himself. How he kept all this information in his head, because to use for an example, probably his most famous sequence is the, is the sword fighting skeleton sequence, whereas Jason and four of his companions are right. taking on an army of skeletons. He had to remember how all of these skeletons moved and where exactly yeah. that. How he kept all of that in his head. I have absolutely no idea. The man must have an extra frontal A Ray Harryhausen
0: film looks unlike any other film. It doesn't have the herky-jerkiness that most stop-motion has. No. It's very clean, very... Very smooth. smooth, Although, from what I understand, the reason that happened, when he shot it, he had a glass plate Mm -hmm. in front of the camera that he would smear a jelly on it Mm -hmm. to reflect the fact that when we perceive action, we don't perceive it smoothly. Mm -hmm. So that's why most of the Ray Harryhausen films The creatures move more Mm -hmm. naturally than let's say A Jim Danforth to use another famous stop motion animation artist
1: Now while I've got nothing against CGI Anybody can sit in front of a
0: keyboard
1: And This man took time out of his life to do this painstakingly And he would get something like what maybe 8 seconds of film in a day That was a good day for him to get 8 seconds of film because he had to move the character especially when he was doing something like with those eight skeletons right. he had to move each one of them a uh, infinite well, you know amount because
0: one of, the, one of the toughest stuff was the characters who had fur on them. Because you had to move the fur, you had to keep in track whether the fur was moving forward or the moving backwards. The fact that he kept all this in his head, that's what blows my mind completely. Take nothing away from
1: CGI technicians. Well, they're good, but yeah, they're sitting in front of a keyboard. Pro. This man actually had to do this by hand every day, day after day. And when you tell me that you go, well, if you got eight or ten seconds, you wiped your hands. Well, that yeah. was a good day. What? That's
0: dedication to your art. That's an artist. Here's my problem with CGI. You and I have discussed this before privately, is that most CGI doesn't have a weight to it. Nah. Characters seem to float in space. They don't seem to have any sense of gravity. Not so in a, a Ray Harryhausen film. These models, they're literally three-dimensional objects. And
1: they have personality.
0: (laughs) When when we get to the third film in this particular series, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger, he has actual characters who are characters. But might want to get to the movies before. (laughs) Yeah, get to the movies, Tom. Okay. (laughs) After a film that he did called It Came From Beneath the Sea, Ray Harryhausen and his partner Charles Shear were looking to do some adventure films. They were also looking to get out of America and do some exotic locales. Mm -hmm. Originally, Ray Harryhausen tried to sell the idea of a film called The Elementals, which was set in Paris and featured people fighting these weird sort of humanoid bat creatures. Mm -hmm. That fell through. However, back when he was a teenager, he had done six sketches for a Sinbad movie. He was just, like, farting around, and he drew these six sketches, one depicting a cyclops, one depicting a dragon, a sword fight with a skeleton, Mm a cobra woman, and he showed them to his partner, Charles Shear, Mm -hmm. who took them to Columbia... And based on the strength of these six, they got themselves a production deal in 1957.
1: Impressive. What resulted
0: was... Couldn't do that today. Oh, no, no, of course not. What resulted is The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, which is the first of three films that he made featuring the... Arabian Nights Hero. hmm Kerwin Matthews played Sinbad. Arguably the best one. Yeah. John Philip Laws,
1: I mean, not, okay. I mean, not that Kerwin Matthews, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination, oh, yeah.
0: was an Academy Award
1: winning yeah. actor, but he
0: brought believability to him. Yeah.
1: Kerwin Matthews is on, you're convinced he's yeah. convinced.
0: Torrin Thatcher was the villain.
1: Excellent villain.
0: Excellent villain. As a matter of fact, all
1: the Sinbad movies had good, strong good, villains. strong villains. Yeah.
0: We weren't the only ones who noticed, as we'll learn when we get to the second film. Mm-hmm. The formula is very simple. High adventure, beautiful women... Sword fights. Swords fights and monsters. monsters. The open high seas. So in this film, Sinbad returns to a friend to Baghdad with his new fiancée, the Princess of Parisi, played by Catherine Grant. The idea is the marriage of Sinbad to the princess is going to cement a friendship between Parisi and Baghdad and avoid... A war that has been threatening for a long time. Right. However, in doing this, they uh, had a little side trip to Colossa. Yeah, the island of Colossa,
1: where the villain, where they rescue Torin Thatcher. Thatcher's
0: character. Now, the from things, the Cyclops, from the Cyclops, but the well, Cyclops the, gets away with this magic lamp. Right. And Torin Thatcher wants that magic lamp real, real bad. Right. And he asks Sinbad, and Sinbad says no. Well, and he asks the Caliph, and the Caliph, caliph, caliph says, no. says no. And then he tries to trick the two Caliphs by putting on this fake prophecy where he says, there will be a terrible war, and your your people will be bloodied and dying, and yada, yada, yada. And the two Caliphs say, no. No! <laughs> so this guy goes and shrinks the princess down to doll size. He yes, the six, feet says, high,
1: six inches high. Oh
0: my, oh dear, the only way we can cure her is if we go back to Colossa and get this rook's egg, so <laughs> I can make this special potion that will cure her. And Simba smells. And a big, like, he's, "You son of a bitch!" He smells a big old fat <laughs> yeah. rat. So what else is he going to do? Exactly. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> My girlfriend is six inches tall I gotta go (laughs) What else am I gonna do They go back And they encounter This one-eyed Chicken-skinned Monstrous They get a
1: crew And matter of fact
0: From criminals They have to go to the prisons Because Everybody's going like I ain't going to Colossal Because
1: by the time They've gotten back his regular crew's already told the yeah. story about this, so nobody says, "Well, yeah. go to Colossus." Hey,
0: you screw that place with the one-eyed guy that eats people. oh yeah, uh-uh, nah, uh-uh.
1: So, yeah, so he's got to go to the prison,
0: right. And, and go- offer them a deal. Well, anybody- and they almost mutiny. They do at one yeah. time. Yeah, they try to take over the ship at one point. Yeah. And then, of course, Dorothy Thatcher puts the whole thing about. Oh, well, a curse upon him. Yeah, cu- right. Because, of course, he knows there's those sirens off the coast. Right. The thing that, that you're going to find about these Sinbad films is that they're not straightforward tellings. They're more like mishmashes of several different myths. Yeah. Because you can see elements of the Odyssey. Greek mythology. Greek mythology, right. And And medieval. Because there's a dragon chained
1: up. It's all different things taken from. uh, But it all works. But it it all works. It's a movie that you sit there and you buy into it. You buy into the whole thing. Because of the performances like Torrin
0: Thatcher. Yeah.
1: He's a wonderful guy. And he's got
0: this really distinct. The thing about Torrin Thatcher, more than the other two villains in the other two films, is he's got that really weird, distinctive voice. Yeah. Very high up and very. Well, Sinbad uh, It's yeah, but very it's, strange But it's not effeminate Or anything yeah. like that Oh it. no, it's not effeminate It's like it's
1: a voice You've never heard yeah. before You know, where does this guy Get this voice And up?
0: there's like a genie In the lamp God, the
1: life-sucking genie yeah. I will try, princess I will, I will try. try Shut up, kid Because she actually Has to go yes. into the lamp yeah, At one, one point, point. That, that's a, Because they're trying To figure out well, Why does he need this lamp? What is right. so important About this lamp? And she says Well, I'm only six and yeah, okay. Let in. me go in and I'll see And she goes in there It's like this whole other world Where mm-hmm. the genie is locked yeah. Yeah, they got the thing where the woman wants to do something for the caliph. She wants to impress her because she yes. loves her so much. And Torrin Thatcher puts her in the basket As with a cobra. Yeah. And, and she, she becomes this weird cobra oh, woman. Oh, man. Yeah,
0: with forearms. arms and yep. she does the dance. Oh, yeah. Until her old tail tries to strangle her. But that's the thing that's wonderful about is that Harryhausen is really good about putting out the portions of the craziness very well. So it's yeah. like, okay, it's, things are getting a little bit boring. Well, here's the cobra woman. Right. It's okay. not
1: too much thrown at. This is a very well-paced movie. You sit there just when things are starting to slow down. He knows when to put in a cyclops. He knows right. when to put in a dragon, so that your attention. And of course, picks the other up. thing is that
0: these creatures, even though they're from mythology and they're familiar to you, are unlike anything you've ever seen before. Yeah, yeah. That's the cyclops has this horn, and he's got. Like- Goat legs legs, and these chicken skins would always, for some reason, creep me out. (laughs) The fact that he's got like chicken skin. Chicken
1: skin.
0: (laughs) They are searching for the lamp and they come across the Cyclops' treasure. Yeah. And the Cyclops basically goes, Okay, you want to be treasure? All right, fine. You want to be treasure? And he puts the rock in front of the
1: cave even so they can't get out except when he needs a meal. And he opens up, he's got another rock on the yeah. top and he opens up just reaches in and puts yeah. it down
0: the spit and starts cooking yeah. him. Yeah. There's a dragon. One of the most memorable things about this film is the first of what is probably Ray Harryhausen's best friends the skeletons.
1: It's only one in this one but right. and they go up and down staircases yeah. and all fighting up and down cliffs and everything like that. It's an and It was a
0: precursor to the one he did in. Yeah. Just. What amazed me because I thought this was a more recent film. I didn't realize it was made in 1958. Yeah. It's really excellently done the mat work is in fact for some bizarre reason Harryhausen's mat work gets worse yeah. The older he gets. The older he gets, yeah. The mat work is excellent here.
1: I mean, it's a movie that, as far as I'm concerned, it still holds up. Exactly. I, I, mean, I mean, it comes on Turner Classic Movies. Because Turner Classic Movies, for those of you who have it, you probably know about this. It's a great family film because it's yeah.
0: scary, but it's not scary. But it's not scary, scary, when yeah, the kids exactly. are going to be hiding
1: behind the couch. It's right. scary, like, ooh, ooh, scary. Uh, Turner Classic Movies, they have a marathon every summer where they show all of these movies, and I watch them. It's amazing to me. made in 1958. It holds up better than the other two Sinbad right. movies. It's infinitely watchable. I mean, it's great. The pacing is great. The acting, like I said, Kerwin Matthews. He was not an Academy Award actor by any stretch of the imagination, but he believed in what he was well, doing. Well, that
0: was part of the thing with the Harryhausen films is that so much money had to go into the special effects, and they usually didn't get the budget they wanted to begin with. No, no. So they had to go with lesser actors, so that made Harryhausen work all the more to make sure that the monsters were the real star. Yeah. And Which is why if hit. you saw the posters, remember the posters during the, the re-release of the 70s, what was the poster about? See the Cyclops. Oh, yes, yeah, so, right, exactly. See the dragon. See the dragon, right.
1: See the lake of fire. And all right. All the kind of stuff. And they have the great fight between the Cyclops
0: and, and the, the, the dragon that's on yeah. the beach. And then they gotta take out the dragon with that giant arrow. Right, it. oh <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny because it's like they... they Plant that seed very early on in the film where Torrent Thatcher is like, oh, I've designed this giant crossbow, crossbow right. to protect us at Colossa. Uh, you said and the Clef like, is like, No. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Well, it was actually for the Cyclops. But the really Cyclops not. got taken care yeah, of. Yeah, right. Because the dragon was his pet. He had the dragon because he had the, the wheel with the chain it was on. The thing is, even at this early date, you can see the personality in these characters because you have the, the sequence where Simbad is trying to manipulate the dragon so he can open the gates. Yeah. The dragon is
1: but not he showed happy. a lot of attitude. Yeah, yeah, he showed a lot of. He's not happy. Because I swear, there's one scene where he gives Sinbad this look, and you see him playing on the dragon face. He said, "If I could get loose of this chair, I'd eat your ass." <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in the dragon's
0: eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> After this, the next film that Harryhausen did, uh, Jason the Argonauts, he did Mysterious Island, Mysterious. which is features one of my favorite Harryhausen sequences. Right. That is probably his most successful film. I can and believe it, yeah. So he got kind of sidetracked for a couple of years doing these steampunk adaptations and doing things like Valley of Guanji. He also was yeah, contracted. Yeah, right,
1: Valley of Guanji, yeah.
0: He was also contracted by Hammer Films to do all the special effects for One Million Years BC. BC, yeah. So he did a lot of other things, and then in the dawn of the 70s, he decided to return to Sinbad and came up with The Golden Voyage Sinbad. The Golden of Sinbad. Voyage of Sinbad the thing that's interesting about these films as a, if you look at them as a series is that they're not really a series no they're separate adventures they're separate they're, stories there's no,
1: yeah they're separate stories there's in fact
0: it's funny that each one involves Sinbad getting married at some getting point getting married at some point you say how many so wives did this no cat there's no continuity how many
1: wives did this cat have okay let's be honest it was what like 20 years just about 20 years between the first right. one and the second one you gotta remember back then People didn't believe that people was going to remember what happened to right. the movie 20... They didn't believe people would remember what happened to a movie a year ago, much less 20 years ago. Now, this so one,
0: I have a very, very clear memory of going to it. It's one of the few clear memories I have of my natural father, mm-hmm. who took me to the Cross Bay Theater on Cross Bay Boulevard and Liberty Avenue, right. in Queens, which was a somewhat middling walk from where we lived. Okay. This was at the very beginning of the splitting of the, the movie screens into multiple... Into multiple, multiple yeah. And the other screen was showing The Longest Yard. And he, he asked me, like, Do you want to go see The Longest Yard instead? Because <laughs> he wanted to see it. <laughs> and I said, and I, hell no, I wanted to see the monsters! I don't want to see Sinbad. <laughs> I want to see the damn full monster. This is the film that I like to refer to as Sinbad's a dick. Yeah. This film is kind of unique in the fact <laughs> that Sinbad is just a prick from Sin- beginning to end. Sinbad isn't especially heroic. No, he's not. <laughs> he is not. He is not, and you almost feel sorry for his villain played by Tom Baker. Yeah. Who but then again, we shouldn't feel sorry for Tom Baker because story goes, Doctor Who producers Barry Letts and Philip Hinchcliffe mm-hmm. were kind of confused as to who they were going to cast as the fourth Doctor. And decided to take a break and go to the local theater to see this film called Golden Voyage of Sinbad. And became so impressed with Tom Baker's performance as Prince Cora. Yeah. That they asked him to come in an audition. And based on an audition, Baker got the job as, as now perhaps the most recognizable the most, yeah, Doctor I mean, Who. Yeah,
1: even now. Even even after the marvelous Performances of Christopher Eccleston. He probably David. is the second favorite for a right. lot of people, even though he only did one year. When you talk about Doctor Who, most people think of Tom Baker.
0: Okay, so we should get to the plot.
1: Okay. Of
0: Sinbad's a dick. I mean, I'm sorry. Golden Voyage of Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. But I love at
1: the beginning how the yes. movie the movie starts out where Sinbad's at sea, and there's something flying overhead with some kind of shiny object. In his hand. So one of the crewmen, cause they're crewmen, they're bored, they got right. nothing else to do. He shoots it down and it's a golden, it's some kind of golden object. And the first thing Sinbad does He takes it away from the guy
0: Who <laughs> shot guess. it down And puts it around his neck. <laughs> I think I'll keep this Yeah, yeah saying- John Philip Law is a real prick in this film <laughs> He said, give me that yeah. He takes it away you I mean- oh, man. He, he delivers his lines in such a smug Self-satisfied yeah. way he's
1: a Sinbad that's really full of himself Yeah in this movie. So- that, Well, I'm Sinbad and I'm better than you Right, exactly
0: <laughs> He goes to this city mm-hmm. Once again Puts up port, Heads off to the city And is met by The villain of the piece Prince Cora Played by Tom Baker With that wonderfully Deep voice of his And Prince Cora Basically says uh,
1: Who asks him In a perfectly Reasonable manner Listen He says you're a thief You've got something That belongs to me You shot my messenger down He was bringing it to me I like my property back Perfectly reasonable request (laughs) Sit back gives him The
0: finger basically. (laughs) Basically He goes Oh okay If we put it like that Takes the necklace off Makes like he's going to give it to him and pushes <laughs> him off his, his yeah, horse. Yeah, pushes him off his
1: horse. Yeah.
0: Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> and then when Prince Kor kind of understandably is not too keen on the idea, runs into the nearest city and gets sanctuary. Right. By this vizier who has a gold helmet who on wears his head, a golden
1: mask. Yeah.
0: Who basically gives him the story. The thing that's wonderful is that he doesn't ask for any proof about this. The vizier spins this story about. How his employer, the king, died yeah. And Prince Korra wants the city Wants the kingdom and basically, Which is never named, actually yeah. They
1: never named what the kingdom is And, yeah, blew and up the sets
0: the vizier on fire Which is why he wears the
1: golden yes. mask To cover behind his face Sinbad buys this story with no uh, problem But one of the most interesting things Is that the only thing that's left right. Is a circular map that's right. on the wall And as it turns out the necklace that Sinbad is wearing right. is part of an actual map. When it's connected with a couple right. of other pieces, it will show the location of this the, island. The, the Fountain of Destiny. The Fountain of Destiny, which will grant anybody three wishes if you throw the pieces
0: in. If you throw yeah. the
1: three pieces in, you
0: get... The, the
1: Shield of The, the
0: Shield of darkness, darkness. The Power of Youth. And the Crown of Untold Riches. He just says, okay. Then he goes off and wanders around and meets this fat... Merchant. Merchant, merchant. Who basically says, you know, my son's a layabout. Maybe if he goes on a sea voyage with you, maybe he'll. It'll make a man out of Make a man out of him. He said, I'm, I'm willing. willing to pay you 200 gold pieces. And
1: he flat out comes out he said, Listen, I'm tired of him smoking the pipe. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Which is lot, then, then, And you see this guy? And and he's, he's, this he's, guy is like hunched off in the corner. all twisted up. And yes. like, you think crack pipe, but it's like opium yeah. or hashish or But when he says, Oh, I'm tired of him smoking the pipe and everything in the guy, yeah.
0: he's bombed out of his head. And Sidman's like, like going, Fuck no! I don't want this layabout on my thing. And he continued, and the guy like. I'll give you four hundred gold pieces.
1: I'll give you five hundred gold pieces, but he doesn't want to take them until he sees
0: oh, the most beautiful woman on this or any other age, Miss Carolyn Monroe,
1: who quite coincidentally looks exactly like the woman that Sinbad saw in a and vision. A, and he a had, vision of because she's got that she's got the, she's got an the eye, eye tattooed on her, a uh, tattoo of an eye in her palm. Now, when he sees her. That's when he changes his mind and he says, Well, listen, I'll take your lousy son if you throw in the slave. Yeah. Car.
0: <laughs> and he's like going, Well, you know, she's awfully good at night. Not as fat as I like him, but any old port in the store. <laughs> it's a So, yeah, so
1: he takes uh, him. Carolyn Monroe. So man. he takes the kid. The vizier goes along yeah. for the ride because he's got nothing else to right. do. <laughs> right. Who knows who's watching the kingdom? Right. Now? He comes along to hang out. Here comes Carolyn Monroe. Even the crewmen, they see the vizier and Carolyn Monroe and they say, well, what kind of trip is yes. this going to
0: be now? I just want to say a few things about Mariana is the character's yeah, name. Yeah, Mariana. Played by Carolyn Mon- One of these actresses is like pretty much totally forgotten these days, but my God, Back in the day, though, Carolyn Monroe was pretty much the queen of the B-movies. She was, and she was. Yeah. Yeah. I think she is one of the most beautiful women talk, ever and to and be on the talk, screen.
1: When we talk about beauty, we're talking about Elizabeth Taylor, Pam, Grier, Sophia, oh, the yeah, level beauty here. We're not just,
0: oh, I'm sorry. This we're woman, not talking about running the mill. This woman you know. would kick Angelina Jolie's ass. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. It and looks, the yeah. great thing is it's yeah. all natural on her. Yeah, she looks... Yeah. Yeah. It look,
1: Particularly like in this film. None wrong with Angelina Jolie, yeah. Angelina Jolie, mind you. Yeah, but Carolyn Monroe got it going. You know, the, it's yeah. funny because
0: like in previous episodes you've heard Derek make fun of me for uh, my affection for certain other actresses. Which I will
1: continue to do, never fear. You
0: know, <laughs> certain other like actresses of Scandinavian descent or the other one with the, the Dutch and Latina descent, but no, this is the one true yeah. love of my life. The funny thing is is that she's not looking all that great in this film. She's looking a little blotchy, Yeah, but she's still just... To be honest, she really doesn't have that much to do in this. She's she's basically there for I can. It's like a running gag that Sinbad turns down great riches to save her. Yeah. Because, of course... She's the great riches that he needs. So they go off, and they realize that it's this chart, these gold pieces, mm-hmm. and the chart leads them to Lemuria. Uh, of course, the thing, what's going on is, you have Prince Quorra, who decides, you know, they stole my stuff, and now they're going to f- go fly away.
1: And then they're going to go get the stuff that belongs to, to me. me.
0: Yeah. He gets his own captain, and they're following behind, and he... So we get the first of the major monsters as Korra uses his power to animate the figurehead of Sinbad's Sinbad ship. Because he,
1: he needs the map, because all this time, remember...
0: He's like, going, oh, okay, you want to keep his, this stupid gold thing,
1: keep the stupid gold his thing. His captain has been following Sinbad's right. ship, but he needs a map, because right. these rocks and shoals mm-hmm. and stuff like right. that around the island, and the captain says, I need a map to navigate right. it. So that's why he Korra... Brings the figurehead to life, and this is now. one of
0: the the cool things. That's a recurring thing about the Harryhausen monsters is that this thing is made out of basically sea hardened wood. Yeah. So its movements are stiff, and it's accompanied by that horrible creaking. That call, oh, that's that's what makes it creepy. Yeah. The creaking sound it
1: makes as his arms and legs mm-hmm. are moving.
0: It also introduces an interesting element into the film in that. Every time Korra uses his magic, it ages him prematurely. What he's doing is that he's using his own life energy to fuel his magic. Which makes it understandable now why he needs to find this. Fountain of Destiny So he can get his youth back
1: Which even makes His situation more poignant When you start feeling Sorry for the villain Because there's one part Where they take a torch And they burn Figurehead's face And you see that Kura's face is burned also This is a real life Or death situation for him It's not like Sinbad Well this is just an adventure And it's a lark for him And I got a hot
0: girl with me And uh, you know I mean
1: you know For Kura This isn't no joke In fact, at one
0: point he says, I I value freedom. I value the freedom to do what I want. Namely be a dick.
1: Kura has a henchman that, unlike most henchmen, is really concerned about his boss. And
0: he shows consistent. The ship captain. And he he begs him, listen, stop doing this. You're killing yourself. You don't have to do this. It's funny because this one is not as well remembered as Seventh Voice, but it's probably better plotted. In terms of the character motivations and stuff like that, Yeah. So they get to Lemuria. Was originally the, the plan was to shoot this in India, but they couldn't afford it, so they ended up shooting in Spain. Okay. Which now makes the next monster kind of understandable, because when they go to Lemuria, they find these this weird tribesmen who look more like South Islanders than anything else. Yeah. Who worship the Great Kali. Right. Not the wrestler, but of course the <laughs> Indian goddess of death. Right. Which of course leads to probably one of the more famous. Sequences where Kura, in a way, exert his influence on these creatures, brings the statue of so Kali it to, it to life, life. And when Sinbad comes in and behaves like a dick, he goes, <laughs> yeah. "You know what? Kill that bastard!" <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And he fights the statue, who yes. of course has
1: got six arms with six swords in it. It's an interesting riff on the skeleton right. sword fight and scene from the first. The Sinbad way he battle. got
0: the choreography is really interesting for this. He hired three sword fighters from a Spanish fencing school. Mm-hmm. Create this device to slash them together and filmed footage of them as if they were sword fighting and used that as inspiration as to a template animate. It. for yeah. the
1: ride. It's a dazzling sequence and yeah. I love it because it's like Sinbad and four or five of his guys. Right, know, including
0: right. the Hashish guy. The Hashish guy who apparently has grown a set during yeah, the movie. Once again, we come back to the fact that in terms of characterization, this is the stronger of the three. Yeah. In that. There's a definite story arc with this guy He starts out has comedy relief Basically waking up going like Oh, okay, I get the idea you, My dad told you to take me once around the harbor It's time to go home <laughs> yeah, And he actually says that He yeah. says, oh, he told you to take
1: me once around he said, okay, And he's like, I'm okay. awake, I'm sober All you right, can take me Okay. Back
0: now. A, a sea voyage will do me good What are we going to do? Be gone for a day? <laughs> no A week? <laughs> no A month? Two months? <laughs> uh, maybe two, three years Yeah but the thing but actually,
1: is, during the course of the movie, the guy grows up and he does become something of a hero. You in know? Fact, at that yeah. one
0: point, they're trapped in a well. Sinbad goes, "Okay, I need your sashes and your kerbans." He's the first guy to motivate everybody. Yeah, he jumps up and takes his sash off and goes, "Come on, damn it! You heard your captain." And his pants fall down. Yes, of which, course. Which, of course, which of course, leads to another iteration of the one of the motifs of this film, which is the goofy-ass Arabic sayings.
1: Yeah, because Simba has a say for everything, but the running saying in this movie is trust in Allah. But uh, type the camel. camel? Yeah. Whatever the hell. My favorite, of course, is the Whatever word. that means. Believe it or not, yes. I, I use that from time to time. Of course,
0: my favorite nonsensical one is when Prince Korra tells the captain, just remember, the walls have ears, and the ears have eyes. What the hell is that supposed to mean? What does that mean anyway? Yeah, but there's a lot of them sprinkled. These yeah. so-called Arabic
1: saying are sprinkled. And now we get to the, the, the only mood. real
0: purpose for Mariana Carol and Monroe, other mm-hmm. than looking incredibly, smokingly hot, mm-hmm. is that we find out that she's from these people, yeah. and that she had the tattoo put on her at its birth because she used to be sacrificed to their living god, the right. one-eyed centaur, the one-eyed centaur. And right. when she shows them. The eye that makes him back off. Yeah. She couldn't have shown him her hand before Sinbad mm-hmm. and his boys had to fight off the right.
1: Sinbad statue.
0: <laughs> and then we get to see the centaur and eventually chasing after the centaur to get Mariana. Yeah, because he takes her. They find the fountain of destiny. Which is a fountain. Which is a fountain. And in fact, Prince Korra manages to get two of the he gold gets, pieces yeah. in. So he gets his youth back. Right. And then for some bizarre reason, a, a griffin shows up and fights the centaur. I don't know why Just because it looks cool I don't cool. know why Well it's cool That's it And
1: in this type of movie What more do you need Besides no, 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 no. cool
0: At this point There's a big sword fight Prince Korra Who is invisible Because he's got The shield of darkness Shield of darkness And Sinbad And of course Prince is trying To kill Sinbad But wouldn't you After all the bullcrap you had to put
1: up with I would And then Prince Korra Does something
0: That's totally really stupid in,
1: Inexplicable to me He steps into the fountain
0: Right And so of course And the water And even, Mariana
1: and Look Sinbad Even though he's invisible He's still solid. So yeah. the water's splashing on him you can see his outline. Instead of him standing off to the yeah. side somewhere and letting Sinbad walk by him and then shake him yeah. in the back.
0: The villain dies. Sinbad gives the crown of untold riches to the vizier whose face is restored. Yeah, And let me tell you something, that's not a pretty face, because we do see it at one point. Yeah, yeah. It's so, pretty gross. Yeah, he got burned bad. Uh, basically, Mariana's going like, well, why is in bed? Why did you give up the crown of untold riches? He goes, because I value my freedom. A king would even be told who to marry. So you get the impression that the two of them are going to yeah, go to go, to go all bed all and have some hot monkey sex. If Hey, if I was on a ship alone with uh, Carolyn Monroe, I, I would do that. I, I, I can't oh believe it. It's interesting, because like I said, this film... It's Has its problems, but it's it's probably the strongest script It's entertaining I I like it a
1: lot, and I never miss it I mean, when it comes on The things that Sinbad does It just just
0: amazes me that he, the hero of the film It's (laughs) an informed attribute Because he's such a
1: self-centered ass He is, it's all about him I mean, remember,
0: he's hired by the vizier to do this And he's constantly saving this woman Who's Uh proven herself to be pretty much useless Why? Because, hey, she's a hot piece of ass
1: that's the only reason why yeah. he's saving her. So, And yeah. trust
0: me, people, if you have not seen this film, we are definitely talking about the hot piece of ass. Go
1: ahead and see this movie, if you haven't seen it already. But if you're a Mary re- you seen this,
0: you've probably seen it. Uh, and that's probably the least attractive she's looked in all the her films. And she still looks
1: better than 90% oh, of those yes. actresses that are on the Even though that she's
0: going gray, that's these streaks and it just makes her look even
1: hotter. But well, she's one of these women that's got those good jeans like that. Her she's and the, Pam
0: Grier, probably. Yeah, that, that look better the older they get. They still look incredibly hot. This film was a big hit. Massive, massive, massive hit. So much so that it prompted Columbia to re-release Jason and the Argonauts and... The 7th Voyage of Sinbad, which at that time was close to 20 years old in the theaters again. Right. And so in terms of popularity, I think if you mention Sinbad to anybody, this is the movie that probably going right. to, oh yeah, Golden Void. So there was a lot of pressure from Columbia. Do you got another Sinbad movie to do? Yeah. For a while, Harryhausen and Engineer played with the idea of a project called Sinbad on Mars, right? I've which I that. actually would have been very interested to see, mm-hmm. because he had a great love for that sort of steampunk yeah, sensibility. Thing, right. In fact, it makes me wonder what a Ray Harryhausen, uh, John Carter of Mars film would have oh, been Oh, man, like. we
1: can only imagine. Especially when you Going in back fact, to that movie From the Earth to the yeah. Moon Remember the moon people The little, had, little yeah, creatures Yeah right
0: So you can imagine What he would have did With the, in, with the 4 on One of the mars- monsters In this next film The ghouls mm-hmm. Kind of look like How I imagine The Barsoomians Might have looked mm. Him and Charles Sr. Get together with Harryhausen's wife At the time Beverly Cross Okay And mm. put together A film called Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger Charles Schneer's wife is Maggie Smith, which is why she appears in Clash of the Titans. Oh, cool. Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger was Mm. released in 1977. Once again, different Sinbad. Patrick Wayne, son of John Wayne. Not a good actor. not a good actor at all not to say the least
1: that's not kind of fair because I've seen him in some westerns yeah. and he's a fair actor he's a decent actor but again it goes back to what we've been saying none of these actors were hired for their Academy Award acting ability they were there to fight the monsters right? And to have something to do between the Harryhausen sequences
0: although there are a couple of actors of note in this film primarily the female lead who was told me it was all about 18 at the time
1: I believe she was and, she was and went on her.
0: to become a major 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 star in Interna- television
1: international star
0: Jane Seymour yeah also Patrick Trotten another Doctor Who connection there you go played basically the play Merlin ver- a character Mar- yeah. No,
1: yeah kind of like a Merlin he's the vizier in this movie right probably, you know, like that one,
0: the second one. there was also another child of a celebrity and she's I thought she was a pretty good actress in this one although she looks really bizarre she's got this kind of like simian face to her Taryn Powers. Yeah, the daughter of Tyrone, Tyrone Powers. <laughs> I remember when this film was coming out, they made a big deal about the fact that the daughter of Tyrone Powers and, and the son of John Wayne yeah, were in this that movie. Was, that
1: was a big thing. Didn't make it so big after the movie was released. The villain and the also,
0: got to the wasn't exactly somebody that sneezed at Margaret Whiting as Princess Zenobia. There was also, rather uniquely, two actors who were actual legitimate actors, not just. Basically, eye candy, who were Ray Harryhausen creations. Prince Kasim, who at the very beginning of the film is turned into a Harryhausen baboon, and Trog. Once again, this obsession that Ray Harryhausen has with taking humanoid figures and putting horns in the middle of yeah. their heads giant caveman with a horn in the middle of his head but the thing is these are legitimate actors these are not just monsters to have fights with they actually interact with the live actors in a way that is pretty much unheard of in the previous film especially the baboon because
1: he's just as much a character as Sinbad or the Patrick Troughton character or any other character that's in the movie well there's this
0: sequence where Patrick Troughton character is trying to determine how much of the humanity is left in Prince Kasim Mm -hmm. and holds a mirror up to him and you see this is magnificent because this is just a model this is just a piece of clay but the expression on this baboon's face as he goes from disbelief to just deep depression
1: because there's clearly a moment when he looks at it and it's like oh shit that's me yeah you can see it in his eyes and oh. in fact he uses that as proof is the fact that he's still <coughs> he's very still, much he's human very much human right then like he turns he away he said a baboon like a, would
0: attack a mirror
1: its own image because a baboon would think it's just another baboon. Which is pretty damn yeah. clever for a movie of this. Well, it's genre. a smart film.
0: It's dumb in many ways, but it's also smart in many ways. Yeah. The plot is basically Prince Kasim is scheduled to take over as caliph of his kingdom. But his stepmother, the evil Princess Zenobia, wants her son, Rafi to Mm -hmm. be the caliph. There's a little bit of Arthurian legend in this one almost. Even though it's translated into Arabian Nights setting. She casts a spell that turns Kasim into this baboon. baboon, yeah. Now, Princess Farah, his sister, who is in love with Sinbad, Mm -hmm. basically Sinbad comes back after a long voyage Resolving to give Where up, Well he the probably scene. dumped his wife from the last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he took it to some <laughs> and... Now, as attractive as Jane Seymour is, <laughs> and Jane Seymour is an attractive young woman in uh-huh. this film, and also in many films after that. Right, she is no Carolyn Monroe. No, no, I'm sorry. No, not by somebody made a big mistake there, but I'm just saying.
1: Well, Calvin Monroe really went on to other things. They probably couldn't. It's like you pointed out before; these are three actual separate films, right. Really, in terms of character and story and everything like that. So he's They're decided
0: like to- he's going to live on land and, be- and wants Princess Farrah to marry him, mm-hmm. and she's decided she wants to leave the court and go on sea voyages with him. <laughs> oh, Henry! He is approached by the vizier, mm-hmm. who is the guardian to see if they could do something for Kasim. Because if Kasim is not Crown Caliph within <laughs> seven <laughs> moons' time... I throw him a banana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What will end up happening is Rafi will take Rafi over will the take throne. Over we even have this confrontation with Princess Senobis who's a shrill little harpy who is basically saying, oh, come on, all the wise men in the world, saw him; he's useless. Mm-hmm. But the Simbad has heard of this great wise man, this hermit who lives on this ancient island somewhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they can go to this... Great Greek Wise philosopher, yeah, he Played by so- Patrick Troughton. He can do something. He can huh? do something. So they go, much like Prince Korra Princess Zenobia decides to follow through, but not using a normal boat. Oh no, not nothing for that like that for her. Mm-hmm. She builds the Minotaur. Who is pretty impressive Except that he does Pretty much nothing In the it's whole film It's a bra- boat is it It looks like a, a Chinese junk almost Yeah
1: right But it's made out of metal and Right And it's rowed by the Minotaur So they can row all day And
0: all night So the Minotaur and, is, yeah. is this giant bronze statue Of a Minotaur Yeah it's funny because they build him up as this great threat but he does nothing he does nothing
1: he rows the boat
0: he rows the boat I <laughs> mean he, he stabs a guy at the very beginning and then at the end he's trying to get into the, this big temple and basically pulls out a big rock and it falls on him and he dies yeah he drops a rock on himself so. and not only does he do that he just causes that whole last act <laughs> of the film is caused because this stupid automaton Allowed this thing to drop oh, on his head.
1: Man. You think she would have gave him a break? Yeah, exactly. Because
0: <laughs> he makes this big
1: ceremony before she animates the Minotaur. You can kind of jazz by saying, "Oh, well, I can't wait till I see Sinbad
0: fight this thing."
1: You yeah, know? and it never
0: happens. never happens. <laughs> so they go off to meet Patrick Trouton, and Patrick Trouton mm-hmm. says, "You know what? I guess I will help you." Yeah. But you got to go to Hyboria. I don't know where the legend came from initially, but it was this legendary place, which is the inspiration for the Savage Land right. in Marvel Comics, legendary place in the middle of the North Pole, where it's supposed to be temperate and temperate, cool. Right. Supposedly, the the Hyborians built this Temple of the Four Elements, where they could mm-hmm. transmute matter. If they could go to the Temple of the Four Elements, they might be able to transmute of, scene back to human. And nobody ever says in these movies, you know something... That that's too crazy. A, that shit's too much trouble. <laughs> let him stay a monkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody he wants to impress his Well, mommy. yeah. If he said to Princess Farah. nah, that's too complicated. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, that's a m- He wouldn't get nothing that way. Let him, let him stay a monkey. Patrick Trotter and his daughter, played by Taryn Powers, right. who has a little rapport with Kassim the monkey boy, they go head off. Once again, this is a, almost a recurring theme that magic will bite you on the ass. Oh, yeah. Princess Zenobia. Zenobia. Decides, I'm going to go and spy on Sinbad. And she transforms herself into a seagull. A seagull, right. She drops the potion. That'll change your back. back before she can gather it up to digest it, it gets eaten by a yellow jacket. Becomes right. becomes giant size. So what ends up happening is she retains the potion, drinks it, but it's not enough to transform her fully, so she walks around for the rest of the film with a seagull leg. With a webbed foot, yeah. So there's a giant walrus, which is there just to fight because they need something to fight at the 45-minute mark.
1: By that time, they're in the Arctic. What are they going to use except for a walrus? Actually, I kind of like it because they didn't fall back on something generic like a polar right. bear, but they use yeah. a
0: giant walrus that so they, busts up through the ice. At one and point. sure yeah. enough, they end up in Hyboria, which is a tempered place. I remember seeing this in the theaters at a the Liberty Line movie theater. Which was on, on Liberty Avenue. Mm-hmm. And I remember being mm-hmm. a little shocked by the fact that we got to see some discreet nudity in this film. mm Both Jane Seymour and Taryn Powers go skinny dipping. They go skinny dipping at one point. Exactly, yeah. And we get to see some dorsal nudity. Well, this is the 70s. A little but it's bit, a G-rated you know? film. That's what amazed me. Right, you didn't see all that. Yeah, But still, I get what you're saying. And then we get to see the trog. It's amazing that this character is not here just to be a big fight scene. Mm-hmm. He actually has a purpose in the film. He actually interacts with the characters. In fact, there are these weird scenes where you've got... Taron Power is trying to talk to the Trog with Kasim translating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by that time, by the way, Kasim is beginning to show more and more monkey-like
1: traits. Right, because there's a scene where Patrick Troutman says he's starting to lose his. Human. Right, because there's one scene where he freaks out for right. no reason, and he said, "Well, we've got to hurry up and get him to the temple because he's starting to turn into a real baboon." Right, at you know? that point we can't help. And, him. Yeah, there's nothing we can do to turn
0: him back. So they get Trog to lead them to the entrance of the Temple of the Four Elements, mm-hmm. and they get in. Princess Zenobia finds. The Temple of the Four Elements, and like we said earlier, gets to a stupid-ass bronze bull servant <laughs> to pull a big rock out of the side. Which, of course, destroys the climate inside. Yeah. So, throughout the whole climax of the film... The icicles and stuff are melting. And there's, for no readily apparent reason, a frozen saber-tooth. <laughs> in yeah, there's a frozen saber-tooth tiger in, in the, the temple. Room.
1: What is he doing there? How did he get it? Actually, man, but of course, now they yeah. got a fight scene. They, they got, got a fight, fight scene. Because yeah. what
0: happens is, of course, Zenobia is pissed off because they get Kasim well. She melts the ice. Out comes the saber-tooth tiger. Mm-hmm. And the saber-tooth tiger fights Trog. Trog fights Trog. Sabretooth Tiger, Sabretooth Tiger beats the crap out of Trog. (laughs) As interesting as he is, is because he's a a full-blown character in the film, Trog is a bit of a wimp.
1: Yeah, not tough at all. You wonder how he survived that?
0: I mean, it's like the griffin in Golden Voyage is... Holding its own until Prince Korra basically hamstrings it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, he sneaks up on it. And it's true forgive No, no, no. I want the big centaur to win. Yeah. Sinbad, who uses the big pike the Minotaur was carrying around, because you figure, oh, he's going to fight Sinbad with the pike. Yeah. He never uses. He, he it. never uses the pike. But Tro gets to use it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. So he uses the to impale you know, the big saber tooth. And everybody's happy, and Cassim gets crowned and. And he gets the girl because he of course the now girl. he's
1: human again. Him and Terran yeah. Power they fall
0: because they've been having yeah. they've had
1: this rapport all through this. She loved him as a monkey while right. she and loved him course, as a man. Basically. Exactly. <laughs> so bad.
0: And Sinbad so and Princess Farah get married until I guess about five years later where he Dumps her for another girl. Wherever he dumped his previous yeah. wives, because I
1: figured there's this island, he's got <laughs> where he dumps all of his wives. There's Mariana
0: with the with the other princess from the first.
1: Yeah, and then the at least you a got bitch.
0: to be a princess.
1: You know that kind
0: of thing. He gave up being a prince. <laughs> I had to hang out in a smelly boat for five years. <laughs> oh.
1: So in relation to the other movies, where would you this buy it? Yeah. Even
0: though there's some interesting things, this is definitely the weakest. Yeah. It's funny because they really amped up the monsterage in this one.
1: Well, this is the 70s. And there's one, there's one. I, I don't three. remember if this came out before or after Star Wars. but I, I, I think, think pretty it's like sure, concurrent whip. But I'm pretty sure that they knew Star Wars yeah. was in production and they wanted
0: to have something that, and could, I think, that could compete with it. At that. this point, Harry Harryhausen figured out that his time was about to be up. Because yeah. he only made that one more film, that The Clash of the, Clash the Titans, and, the Titans, yeah. and uh, then retired.
1: Well, Harryhausen, as we both agree right. on, is far from being a stupid man. In right. matter of fact, I think he's a genius and i think when he saw star wars he saw the way that special effects were going and he saw that well nobody's going to be interested in stop right. and also he's getting older by this time Once he, had been, again, he was probably in his
0: 50s or so and yeah. I, i'm sure he was getting nightmares about being stuck in that little garage which was his studio yeah
1: but i mean he, you know i'm sure by this time his vision wasn't what it yeah. used to be his patience wasn't what it used to be. And you said, well, maybe it's time for me to get out while I'm on top. Yeah.
0: The thing just, is, his legacy does endure, even though oh, it's, sure. it's been dimmed a little bit because people don't want to look at stop-motion films. They want to look at films from...
1: But my understanding is that like at colleges and film schools, they do study his work, and they invite him to come speak, and he never turns yeah. Oh. He
0: always comes and he speaks and stuff like that. So it's not like he's not making a good... I, I had the privilege of actually going to... Do you remember, uh, this was back shortly after question. Science came out, mm-hmm. they actually had a retrospective for him mm-hmm. at the Museum of Modern Art, where they actually displayed oh, okay. his models. Because he donated all of his models to a museum in Berlin. He did his traveling show, mm-hmm. where you got to actually see that. It. it was weird, because of course, some of them were older than others, right. and there was some decay setting into the foam latex. Yeah. But it was just... A wonder To see some of this stuff Like oh, right wow. up close I saw him once
1: But I didn't have The privilege of talking to him I went to a convention yeah. in, in the seven. That's back when I really used to go To a I, lot yeah. of conventions As a matter of fact It was around the time When the Golden Voyage Right Came out
0: I went to a convention With a couple of my buddies And I saw him But I couldn't I get mean, close Enough to talk to him talk About a couple of other projects He was thinking about doing But I think Especially after Clash of the Titans came out He just said You know what It's time to bow out Yeah yeah. I mean, he had talked again about doing Sinbad on Mars, which I mm-hmm. still think would have been a killer idea. Yeah,
1: which I think was a project that probably was near and dear to his heart. So, gonna
0: do? these films, like I said, they're vel And this is not an expensive box set. I got this set for $16. That's a steal. They gave Full they gave it to you. of extras. So if you're interested in him afterwards, after seeing these films, there's an hour-long documentary. There are... Little featurettes where he goes to, through each of his films and talks about how they were made. Great stuff. Original if, trailers. The movies? original trailers. Oh, although man. the trailers for Jason and for Seventh Voyage are from '70s re-release. Oh, okay. It's a magnificent, magnificent set, and you need to check these out if you're interested in fantastic interested,
1: cinema. There's no way you can say you're interested in fantastic cinema and not watch Ray Harryhausen. you got to watch his movies. I mean, that's it. As far, and we're gonna come as, far to... as far as I'm concerned, you can't call yourself a fan of this genre yeah. if you haven't experienced Ray Harryhausen for yourself.
0: <laughs> Guys, I know that it's not fashionable to watch movies that are more than 20 years old, but you've got to check this guy out. Yeah. This guy is a true, unique filmmaker, in his own rights, You can't say he's like anybody else.
1: It's a perfect example of... I go back to say... They don't make him like this anymore. Yeah. They don't
0: make him like this anymore because... Nobody's
1: got the patience. I think the only person that does it is, is the uh, Tim the guy who is works for Tim, Tim Burton, Charles yeah. Selzick.
0: The thing is, the reason why he does all these things, goes out and speaks to at conventions and speaks at that, is because this was all started by Willis O'Brien. Yeah. Willis O'Brien didn't have to meet him when he was a teenager, but he did. I mean, And it's a shame that And they, this is kind of like our way of kind of giving back for all the enjoyment. Yeah,
1: I mean, because this is an art form that shouldn't be law. It's a special effects technique That should still be thriving and should still be going on I mean people should still be into stop motion Because there are some projects that could benefit And especially with the technology that we have now It can be improved upon You don't have to fall back on CGI for everything
0: That's just me Hey we're of the same mind here Folks once again if you want to Check out previous episodes Of Better in the Dark You can always check us out on our podcast page Which is betterinthedark.podomatic.com or you could download us from Podcast Alley or iTunes and vote for us on those sites. Yep. If you're really interested vote in. Vote soon and vote often. Please do. <laughs> if you're really interested in talking movies with us, you can give send us an email at our official Better in the Dark email address, which is Better and the Dark, better the letter N, the dark at gmail.com. Or you can join our Yahoo mailing group, which is at www.groups.yahoo.com. Dot com backslash better in the dark all run together. And even though it requires an approval, it's just so that we can keep the spammers out, folks.
1: That's all it's, it's there It's going for. to
0: be a willing. We're ad- not
1: trying to steal your identity. We're not trying to do any of that stuff. We just
0: it. want to bring movie fans together so they can talk and have a lot of it's fun. just
1: to keep the nut knockers away. So go on there tell us what we're doing wrong, tell us what we're doing right. Even if you just want to recommend a movie for us to talk about director for us to talk about or Anything about movies? That's where you go do it. at. Right.
0: Till next time, we just say what we always like to say. Whether you love it, whether you hate it, just go out and you see that movie.
1: That's right, and have fun. God bless and take care, folks.
0: And Ray Harryhausen rules. And Carolyn Monroe is the hottest freaking woman. On <laughs> <Earth>. <laughs> we got that already. I'm we just got saying it already. I'm just you saying. You had to get in the last. Party. I had to get close it in. the show Tom. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Better in the Dark, featuring Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson. Thanks go out to Tim Young at Contrast Podcast for his input and advice, and Chris Johnson at The Amazing Spidercast for his generous plugs. Better in the Dark will reward the first person to tell us exactly why the walls have eyes and the eyes have ears. Previous episodes for the show can be downloaded from betterinthedark.podomatic.com. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, and pipe bombs to Dark at gmail.com. That's better, the letter n, the dark at gmail.com. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley and join our film discussion group at movies.groups.yahoo.com backslash group backslash better in the dark. If you like this program, please contribute via our PayPal link on the website. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation. All material copyright, Thomas D.J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that even today, Carolyn Monroe could kick your girlfriend's ass.